You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Hello, America, and happy Friday. What an incredible week it's been. An indictment, an arraignment. By the way, the third indictment of President Trump in four months. He's facing more than... 500 years in prison if the Democrats have their way in these different cases, and we don't even have the Georgia case resolved. That could result in a fourth indictment. A lot of people are worried about that and its implications for the legal system, for American politics. That certainly looks like almost what Vladimir Putin is doing to Navalny in Russia to some Republicans. You hear that comparison privately when I talk to Republicans. They're very upset about this. Democrats obviously feel they're doing the right thing. It's going to be interesting to watch the polling. If President Trump's numbers go up again, the American people, maybe in a not so subtle way, are sending a message to the Biden administration, the Justice Department, Alvin Bragg in New York, and anyone else that is in the game of indicting President Trump over and over and over again, because it's been three times. We've got a big story I broke last night. You probably saw me on Sean Hannity. You certainly saw it on Just the News this morning. I'm going to go over a little bit on that, why it's important. The new text messages I got from Hunter Biden's business partners about the China energy deal. It wasn't a 2017 deal. It actually started in December 2015 when Joe Biden was still in the Obama White House as vice president. We're going to touch on that in a second. But first, let me give you a little lay of the land. Over this week, I've had fun pulling in some candidates running for office in various places around the country. Because one of the best ways as a political reporter to understand what's really going on is to talk to the candidates and what they're witnessing when they go out every day on the trail. As you know, I'm stuck in Washington most of the time. I'm in the swamp. It's hard to get a feel for what's really going on. And so I live sometimes through the reporting I can do through candidates, Democrats, Republicans, independents. What are you hearing when you're on the ground in these various locations? And it's it's just fascinating to me to watch this. And so we've got three great candidates today, all approaching this from a different perspective. John O'Shea is going to join us. He's fascinating. A candidate out of Texas taking on one of the giants of Texas politics. Kay Granger, Republican, current chairwoman of the House Appropriations Committee, the Purse Strings Committee of America. He's running against her. Why would you take on an incumbent uh, like that? Well, John O'Shea is going to tell us. and He's got a great story, an incredible career as a banker, a businessman, and now wanting to take on uh, one of the big but older, 80-year-old, older 
uh, members of Congress, Kay Granger. That's going to be a fun one, understanding that dynamic, what they see in that dynamic. You'll hear a lot of talk today in some of the interviews about rhinos, Republicans in name only, basically conservative Republicans taking on moderate Republicans. And I think the John O'Shea, Kay Granger race gets into that. So you're going to enjoy that in the first block. Then a woman who made her entrance with a huge huge video, the opening campaign video. You're going to love this one. Julie Clark is joining us. Her rhino video brings us back to the days of Steve Irwin. If you were a fan of Steve Irwin and his many adventures before he died with zoos and animals and wildlife, she took that theme and turned it into an incredible ad taking on Republican moderates and saying, if I don't like a moderate, I'm going rhino hunting, but you're, you're going to get a kick out of it because it does have that sort of uh, childhood Steve Irwin uh, memory. One of the most impressive ads, I think, so far unleashed this year. Certainly we've gotten the most buzz. That's a big one. And then we're going to go over to Colorado, where one of the most competitive races in the country is on tap. Scott James is running there. This is a race that both Democrats and Republicans are extremely watching with closest. He's currently the county commissioner in Weld, I believe it is, Colorado. A very impressive guy. A lot of the Republicans getting excited about his candidacy. He's won races at the local level, now trying to move it up, whether he's doing barbecues or celebrating veterans on Memorial Day. He has been on the campaign trail nonstop, and he's and he's really trying to build a connection on the economy. The way he's running in Colorado is I think the way a lot of the swing district races are going to go. It's all about the economy. Can you afford it? Why are things more expensive? You know, gas has been rising the last eight or 10 weeks, as we heard from Tim Stewart. He's going to be a fun one. So we got three candidates, three different parts of the country, three different types of races, but all of them big ones. And we're going to have that today back to back to back right in a few minutes. We'll kick that off with John O'Shea down in Texas. It's going to be a fun interview. I think you'll enjoy that. All right, before we go to commercial break, I want to introduce and welcome first one of our new sponsors, 4Patriots, the number 4Patriots.com. I was struck recently, I think you saw this when we did some reporting on the show, on the website, uh, Justin News website. The UN Food Chief has been warning that the world is knocking on famine's door knocking on famine's door, whether it's extreme weather or economic and supply chain disruptions. He says that the world as a whole is facing a perfect storm of a perfect storm. It's quite a quote, a perfect storm of a perfect storm. Barron's published that food shortages could be coming. They're usually a leading harbinger. Recently, you saw Fitch, the credit ratings agency, downgrade the United States credit rating, something we don't ever see in our history. That's a sign. And farmers see it too. A guy named John Boyd Jr., fourth generation farmer, told Fox News, I think just a couple of weeks ago, we're going to see empty food shelves in the coming months. All of this from experts, right? So that's why you should be prepared. That's what we do in my home. We've got extra survival food just in case there's an emergency, a storm or some other calamity or just food shortages. And so if you want to create your own stockpile of the best-selling for Patriots Survival Food Kits, let me tell you, it's one of the best investments you'll make. You'll have peace of mind forever. And by the way, it's not ordinary food. We're talking about it lasts for 25 years. It's super survival food. It's hand-packed in a family-owned, made-in-America facility. That company, 
for Patriots gives jobs to over 200 Americans. So it's a red, white, and blue American company. And they've got great entrees, whether it's breakfast, lunches, and dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Most times, all you got to do is just add water, let simmer, and then serve. That's pretty easy. Even I can cook like that, even though my wife usually bans me from the kitchen. Judy's like, don't go in there. You're going to mess it up. I can't mess up when it comes to Four Patriots food. So there's our newest sponsor. They just joined our family this month. I want to welcome them first. Their support, their great products make what Just the News does, what John Solomon Reports does, what the Just the News No Noise television show with Amanda Head and I does. And so I want you to thank them. I want you to engage them. I want you to go check them out. And right now, because they're a part of our family, they're giving you a very, very special offer. 10% off, 10% off your first order at 4patriots.com. It's 10% off. How do you do that? You go to 4patriots.com, the number 4patriots.com. Use the promo code Solomon, my last name, S-O-L-O-M-O-N. So go to 4patriots.com, use the promo code Solomon, let them know how much you appreciate them for supporting us and how much I appreciate them. And by the way, get a great survival food kit. Take that worry off your list. Get it off your to-do things. Have it in the basement or in the cupboard, and you're going to feel a lot better, especially with all the things at the UN, Barron's, Fox News, Farmers, Congressmen. Remember, uh, we've had several Congressmen, Austin Scott, on this show saying that. So go today to 4patriots.com. Use the promo code Solomon. You are going to be impressed with the 10% you get off and the great food products that this great partner of ours now, 4Patriots, is making. 4Patriots.com. Use the code word Solomon. All right. One last thing. I want to get to the big scoop I broke last night. You probably saw me on Hannity. If you didn't, you probably just saw it at the top of the show. This is very important stuff. And I I hope that everybody here digs in because I put all the documents in. Sometimes reading the documents are even more powerful than what a journalist can do. And we have the dig in section on our site and it makes it easy for you to be a reporter alongside of us. Don't take our word for it. Go read it yourself. But in this very important story, we obtained text messages that the FBI got from Tony Bobolinsky a couple of years ago, and they show the origins of that famous Chinese energy deal, CEFC. That's the one where Hunter Biden eventually got the, the diamond, where he was texting uh, the Chinese, you better give me my money. My dad's sitting right alongside him. He's mad. Pay up, dudes. Uh, it's the one where Joe Biden actually had a, a meeting himself. And the storyline on this has been, all right, this is kind of controversial. Even Democrats will say it. But it all happened after Joe Biden left office. He was just a private citizen in 2017. Well, these new text messages go, uh-uh-uh. The origins of this were December of 2015, when Joe Biden was still vice president, still in the Obama White House. And what you see in the text messages is that this Chinese company, CEFC, Energy wanted to become the Goldman Sachs of China. That's according to the text messages. And their idea was they wanted to pair with one of the most important political dynasties in America, the Bidens, use the Biden family name to give it cover, to give it credibility so that it could go around the United States and Europe and buy up energy resources like the communist government in China wanted it to do. Basically, Take the Biden family name and acquire U.S. energy assets. And if you had Biden associated with it, you had B influence, Biden influence. That was one of the things you see in the text messages. Two, it would be easier. People weren't be, wouldn't be as suspicious why a Chinese company was buying up resources if the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden family name was attached. And so you see the words influence. 
you see the words family name, you see the, uh, the strategy in these text messages. Um, uh, there's a great line from one of the partners saying they will be the Goldman's of China. That's why we should do the deal. At one point, another one said, what will the Biden influence mean? What can Biden influence do? It means the Chinese will pay up. That's another part in the question marks is the first big substantive text message comes out here and it lays out, this is between James Gillier and Tony Bobolinsky. Christmas Eve 2015, there will be a deal between one of the most prominent families from the U.S. and them, China, constructed by me. And I think this will be, for them, a great addition to their portfolio. It'll give them a profile base in New York and L.A. Basically, the Biden family name will get them into the United States. Go check it out. Go read all the emails. There's scores of lots of emails, links. I did a lot of work on this. Hope you can read it. But this story is significant for several reasons. One, it winds back the China CFC story to December 2015 when Joe Biden's still in office. That's important, right? Two, it matches and supports and validates what Devin Archer said in his testimony. What's that? That uh, foreign agents, foreign powers, foreign clients hired Hunter Biden because they were getting a two-for-one brand package. They got Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, and that name bought them influence. It bought them access, and it bought them, as he said, protection. And in the end of the day, what really is clear is very clear. Devin Archer said, yeah, you know what? All this baloney aside, my old partner, Hunter Biden, he was a lobbyist. And that raises the question, why didn't he, if he was a lobbyist, like his own partner says, like he was an agent of influence, like these text messages say, why didn't he register under the Foreign Agent Registration Act? That's a question that members of Congress are asking, and I'm sure you are too. Read the story. I think you'll enjoy it. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, John O'Shea, one, the first of three congressional candidates you're going to get to meet for the first time today, right after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News to become a four-year member for just 
$30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Uh, a couple days ago, I was doing some of my morning reading and I came across a really powerful op-ed entitled The Weaponization of Impeachment and Lawfare Have Reduced the United States to a Banana Republic. It really summarized a lot of the things I hear when I go out in the real world. I get outside of Washington, talk to everyday Americans. People keep saying that we felt like a banana republic. We don't like what's going on. Well, our next guest summarized it in the most brilliant of ways. He is a, a former banker, a construction company owner, now a candidate for U.S. Congress and the author of that great op-ed. Joining us right now from the great state of Texas, John O'Shea. John, great to have you on the show. Uh, thank you, John, very much for those kind words. And I have to say it's a thrill to be on, given I've been a big admirer of your work for a long time now. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I really admired this op-ed. I think it really pulled together a lot of disparate pieces and helped to get the big picture of the dynamic it's going, whether it's the impeachment of Ken Paxton in Texas, the prosecution of Donald Trump on four different fronts, five different fronts before we're done. There is a really significant feeling that the judicial system, which we had great trust in for about 240 years of our existence, has somehow gotten corrupted. And now it's just a political score settling mechanism. What prompted you to write this op-ed and what's the reaction been like? So I've actually been friends with Ken, uh, and I think he's been, by bar none, the best attorney general in the country. In fact, I, I shudder to think of what the state, the country would look like if, if not for the uh, Texas attorney general's office and all the work they've done. But, you know, I watched the uh, House impeachment hearing. It was uh, streamed, you know, live, and it was four hours, and I could not believe what I was hearing. And even though I'm friends with Ken uh, and I, I dispute a number of the allegations, what was more shocking and more alarming to me was just the absolute lack of due process. And the reaction has been, uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen the base, uh, the grassroots, uh, even the precinct chairs all throughout the state rising up and filing motions to censor against the House, against the Speaker. I mean, we just think that this has just been an utter sham process, and it's a, a disgrace, frankly, to the, the great state of Texas. And I think that's exactly what I've heard echoed back to me about this. Yeah, it's really fascinating because this is an intra-party war. This is actually conservatives challenging their own establishment party that they don't think what's going on is the right thing. Remind us where we are. The House has already had an impeachment vote. There's a trial coming up in a few weeks. How is the sentiment going into that trial among everyday Texans? So uh, people are watching uh, with a, a very careful eye. In fact, uh, I had an opportunity to visit with our great Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and just kind of emphasize to him that uh, this is something that has upset many of the Republican voters here. And, and let's be candid. I mean, what we're witnessing here in the state of Texas is that the House has shown itself not really to represent the voter sentiment. Um, it's it's part of the uniparty. And in fact, um, 
you know, we're we're waiting to see the trial set for September 5th, and uh, Lieutenant Governor Patrick has promised there will be a fair and open hearing. But I would say that there's not even really a predicate for 20 of the indictment charges because here in Texas, we have a part of our code, the Texas Government Code 665, which is called the prior term doctrine. And all of the facts surrounding this controversy were known to the voters prior to Ken's reelection. And yet, believe me, with the primary challenge that he had with George P. Bush and, and the constant smears and attacks and the media down here, the voters knew what the allegations were. And yet 4.3 million Texans came out and voted for Ken and he won in a landslide anyway. So I, I'm optimistic that this will uh, be rectified in the Senate, but the fact that it isn't just even thrown out uh, for a lack of basis to begin with, it's infuriating to most of the people here. How much time did the House debate this before they voted to impeach? It was a very small window, right? Like four hours or something? So uh, <laughs> this just smacks of, of collusion all throughout. It, the Apparently, there had been a secret investigation that was going on, not known to anybody. In fact, I'd had lunch with Ken the week before this was made public, and he had no idea even at the time. And uh, what happened was apparently Speaker Dave Phelan had just the good fortune of picking up somebody who had just left Merrick Garland's Justice Department, hired to head up the investigation. She brought in two U.S. attorneys uh, out of Houston, a Democrat bastion, and these both happen to be Democrats with ties to the Department of Justice. And they conducted a secret investigation without any witnesses sworn under oath without any opportunity to rebut or um, you know, provide a counter-argument. And so when it came to the House floor, they literally spent four hours just basically saying, well, we know we have no new evidence, we know we have no new predicate, other than the fact that the Attorney General's office settled a, uh, a complaint, but you're just going to have to trust us and take our word for that. And literally the people who voted, and there were a couple of Democrats who uh, either abstained or went on the record of being opposed to the process, just said uh, they have never seen such a kangaroo court in all their lives. I mean, four hours to impeach uh, an attorney general who has served this state since 2015 and done an admirable job. And he had just won re-election too, right? Just won re-election in a landslide with 4.3 million votes. And that's the thing that I think most people don't hearken on. And, you know, the left is constantly talking about voter suppression and, and they're referencing things like, well, requiring IDs, which, frankly, I think is racist to claim that there are minority groups in this country that don't have access to that. Or they they're denouncing voter certification and verification and why that's an issue is beyond me. But. Here we have, both in the case with President Trump and with you know, Attorney General Ken Paxton, we have situations where the voters have spoken. You know, We see President Trump leading in the primary by a landslide. In fact, I would argue there really isn't a primary to be had. It's, it's already over. And yet the Democrats are trying to take him off the board with the help of some rhino Republicans you know, through lawfare. And, and Ken won re-election. Just last year, like I said, by 4.3 million votes, uh, close to a 10-point lead over the Democrat challenger. And our, our Texas legislative house decided that those votes didn't matter. They knew better than the people of this great state of Texas. And to me, that's a travesty. 
I think a lot of people said the second impeachment of President Trump, which was just a couple days at January 6th, a lot of facts weren't even known. They called it a drive-by impeachment. I think history will look back and probably say that's a pretty accurate thing. It just there wasn't enough time put into it. This one seems to be even faster and quicker. I think it gets to that bigger issue that you were able to draw out in this op-ed, which is that impeachments and prosecutions now seem to be a political score settler, not the solemn, serious proceedings that, you know, our founding fathers expected to be only used under justified and very high bar circumstances. How did we get to that point? How did we get to that point that these sort of things seem to be off the cuff things? Well, I, you know, I think uh, Senator Mitch McConnell said it best, which, and I don't often agree with him, but when he uh, warned then um, Senator Schumer that uh, he would rue the day when all of a sudden they had changed the um, the you know the a process in the Senate were from a sixty you know vote majority to a just a simple majority to or to ratify judges and i I think this has just been the Democrat party's way uh, for the last seven years is to overplay their hand consequences and precedent be damned and you know what we've seen now is that you know in fact, the only thing I would disagree with what you said previously is I think the second impeachment was really the third impeachment or nullification attempt because it started with the whole russian collusion at um, that's a great point situation it it you know it's they literally have just taken the the reins of government and have just weaponized every aspect of it from you know critical race and gender theory in the military to the Department of Justice going to suppress you know any incriminating evidence against the Biden family and yet complete weaponization against people like the January 6th protesters and and if there were people who committed violence then by all means but they were you know afforded due process of law and the right to a fair and speedy trial and there are still people being held in detention so we have just, you know, the lawfare against President Trump. It, it's just example after example of them using the levers of power from government in a complete partisan manner, which it was never intended for. And, and I think really it's just been accelerated over the last seven years. I think Trump derangement syndrome is a real thing, and it's just literally caused the Democratic Party to just go, you know, totally for broke and in a way that's just amazed me. And it's time to push back and try and restore some kind of semblance. When you look at, obviously, those who brought the impeachment think that these are very serious allegations. And when you read them, it sounds very serious. How do those who support the Attorney General, Attorney General Paxton, what have you learned about the actual nature of the evidence and the allegations themselves? Well, it's one of those things where with the latest matter that they have used to impeach him, it deals with a real estate developer down in Austin, a guy named Nate Paul. And again, just kind of more than coincidentally, what happened was uh, there was a a situation where the FBI raided Nate Paul's offices. Well, Nate had been a campaign contributor to Attorney General Paxton to the tune, I think, of about $25,000. Now, that is a great deal of money. I don't want to downplay it, but Attorney General Paxton's entire campaign for that cycle was $8 million. So it's not like this was some kind of you know, whale donor that he was going to bend over backwards to. But then when, when Mr. Paul had his home and offices raided by the FBI, he filed a civil complaint saying that his constitutional rights had been infringed upon. Well, Attorney General Paxton at that point appointed an independent outside uh, investigator 
strictly to, to make recommendations and, and report back the findings to the county. So it wasn't, if anything, he was trying to remain above and kind of recuse himself. And still the office went after him and said that, you know, he had done some kind of misappropriation or been unduly influenced based on his relationship to Mr. Paul. So Mr. Paul is, you know, sitting in limbo since 2019. And in addition, Ken had a case uh, that was previous that was sitting at the criminal courts of appeals waiting to be uh, a trial, waiting to be uh, heard in Collin County. And that had been sitting at the criminal court of appeals since 2020. All of a sudden, this sham impeachment comes about. And then he's impeached in the House after four hours of, of public hearing. Then all of a sudden, the Department of Justice actually arrests uh, Mr. Paul. And then uh, the next week, the Criminal Court of Appeals in the state of Texas remands Ken's original trial back to Houston. So it, it, you had three things that were outstanding or had already taken place over a matter of years. And then within weeks, they all the dominoes start to topple. So I think we see the, the hand of the Biden regime behind every single step in the way. It's fascinating because you've had this extraordinary career. You you obviously were in community banking, turned around a troubled bank, made it successful. And you built a really successful construction company that deals with sand and gravel quarries and concrete plants. And for some reason now you want to get in the political ring. You want to serve your country. What went into that decision? And then you've made a very special promise. You're only going to serve two terms. I'd like to hear about that as well. Yeah, so uh, I have a, a wife who's disabled and requires full-time care, and I, I had been fuming at what I had seen at the erosion of our civil liberties, but when COVID happened and we locked down, and then I was told by our governor that I was precluded from going and picking up my wife and taking her out for her daily visit, uh, I just had had enough. At that point in time, I said, you know, this entire country was founded under the premise that we were given rights from God, unalienable rights, uh, pandemic or not. And I, I kind of stopped and thought about it. And I said, you know, which of these still remain? I mean, if you know, if we can have our businesses shut down and be called unessential, if we can be locked out of our places of worship, if we can be censored by the government through social media and, and deplatforming of people, if people go to petition their government and then are labeled domestic terrorists and placed under surveillance by the FBI, I, I don't know that we have any of those rights still enshrined. In fact, the only one I would recommend, uh, would say is probably still intact is the freedom of the press, but that's because they've just gone ahead and with a few exceptions similar to your, uh, like yourself, but a great number of the mainstream corporate media has just co-opted themselves to the DNC. And so I just had had enough. I, I, you know, it's one of those things where I prayed deeply about it. And God just said, you know, there's more that you can do. And I, I see the precarious nature of this country. It may sound hyperbolic, but I think we literally have two paths before us. One, to restore ourselves back to our constitutional roots and that shining city on the hill, the, the bastion of freedom for the rest of the world to see. And this other one, descending into Marxist authoritarianism. And I can't believe how thin the bulwarks are to prevent against that. And I can't believe the direction this country's heading. And so... If I'm going to be able to live with myself and then go meet my maker with a clear conscience, I have to do whatever small part I can to try and push back on that. And 
provide a, a return of, of some type of country that I feel is worthy of bequeathing to my kids and my grandkids. Yeah, it's so important. You have a lot of important issues, obviously strong on the border, those issues. You've been talking a lot about, in particular in social media, an industry you know well because you were inside it, uh, the banking collapses. I think we just had the fifth bank this year collapse. This one was, I believe, in Kansas. There is a false sense of security right now. The economies are going to be all right. Everything's fine. But banks are our leading edge of usually larger issues of debt and bad investments. What do you think lies ahead? And how would you rate the Treasury Department, the Biden administration in kind of policing the dynamics that are behind these bank failures? Ooh, um, I, I would not give them a good marks. Uh, and I, I agree with you. I think that this is a very ominous uh, early indicator you know, in the banking collapse in 07 and 08, we had the basically the bursting of the, the home you know, bubble, the home market and residential prices collapsing. Here, honestly, this is a self-inflicted wound where it's a matter of these banks have been failing by and large by holding on to large portfolios of government securities and having the inflation uh, drive interest rates up so rapidly that it's not a, a real estate bubble. It's not a failure of big business or, or you know, mom and pop businesses. It literally is inflation driven so that these banks investment portfolios when mark to market have such unbearable losses that it brings the entire bank down. Well, I don't see inflation flowing down anytime soon, despite the efforts of uh, chairman Powell. And uh, I'm afraid that we're going to be living with this for a while. And there are some very ominous signs of a collapse in the commercial real estate market. In fact, in particular in offices and in big downtown cities as occupancy rates remain high with people remote working and, and just, you know, crime issues in the That's major a big cities. dynamic that people aren't talking about. No. And if that one, if that domino topples, um, boy, at that point in time, I think the banking uh, industry is in for a world of hurt. And, and the, the scary thing about it is, you know, we rely on the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, to make sure that the general public's deposits are safe. Well, guess where the large bulk of the assets the FDIC holds are? They're in government treasuries. So it would be curious to go take a look at a mark-to-market of what that portfolio really was worth as opposed to what it's reflected on the books right now and what kind of uh, crisis they could actually sustain. You are going after a legend in Texas Republican politics, Congresswoman Kate Granger. I think she's been there about 12 or 14, actually 14 terms, if I'm doing my math right. Yep, since the Clinton, since the Clinton administration. Yeah, back to 97, if I remember correctly. Uh, 80 years old, now the chairwoman of the House Appropriations Committee. It's a pretty powerful position. What led you to take on a fellow Republican, someone who's kind of well-known in Texas, been entrenched for a long time? What was your thinking in taking on one of the big dogs in Congress? Because she's a chairwoman of of the House of Probes? Yeah, no, that's, that's a fair question. And honestly, uh, I think we've got one election cycle to get this right. I think literally the precarious situation of our country is that dire. And right now, um, nothing uh, personal against Congresswoman Granger. In fact, I, I knew her in a prior life, but you're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. And frankly, I think her record on spending is not something that... In, in, gives me any great confidence in the ability to turn around this deficit spending and this ramping up of our national debt. And at the end of the day, I'm not interested in leaving uh, my kids, 
you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt over each one of their heads because we couldn't rein in spending in this country. And I just think that this next presidency, it's going to be, you know, the Republican nomination is going to be Donald J. Trump. And I think we need people who are going to be able to support him much in the way that he says that the Democrats aren't after him. They're after us. We're just in the way. Well, I think we need some people who are willing to show some political and moral courage and run for office so that we can help support his effort to take the steering wheel back and give power back to we the people. And frankly, I just thought that that was the best situation and the best position I could be in to help him accomplish those things. And for folks that are listening, say, I, I like what I'm hearing. How can they get involved in your campaign? If they could please visit my website at O'SheaForTexas.com. That's O-S-H-E-A, the letter, uh, the number four, Texas.com. There's all my social media. Yeah, you know, we tried to keep it simple. Uh, we have all my social media. We have uh, all the major policy platforms, but as you'd imagine, they're all 100% America First type initiatives. And then we have ways that people can get involved and, and also donate, as you mentioned. I am running against the chairwoman of appropriations. And even if she's not fundraising well with the general public, the lobbyist money is all too eager to pour into her campaign. Yeah, there's no doubt that is a very powerful position and easy to raise money when you're in, the, in that job. John, what a great interview. Everybody, I think, enjoyed that town hall column you did and been talking about it. I'm so grateful you found some time to spend with us explaining this stuff. We're going to be keeping a close eye in Texas, obviously, the Paxton impeachment trial coming up and a lot of other big issues going on with the border and other things. Really enjoyed having you on today. Thank you so much. It has been a great pleasure. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Julie Clark, you're never going to forget this candidate from Texas. One of the most memorable TV ads you'll ever see, hearkening back to the days of Steve Irwin and the old zoo shows. It's a hoot. We're going to have that right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back, America. Presidential elections are a big deal all the time, but this year, the multiple Trump indictments and now talk of a pro potential impeachment proceeding against current President uh, 
Joe Biden are adding more drama to the 2024 election for down ballot candidates. By that news, nor having a primary challenger isn't deterring our next guest from running for office. For office, take a look at the beginning of her latest ad, which is creating a lot of waves. G'day, mates. Today, we're on the hunt for the elusive rhino. No, not rhinos. Rhinos. Republicans in name only. These critters may look like your average Republicans, but they don't hold true to conservative values. You may be familiar with them. People like John Kasich or Mitt Romney. Here's Tony Gonzalez in his natural habitat, trying to take away our guns. Well, so I was I was uh, proud to, to, uh, to support this legislation. I'm glad it's signed into law. Crikey, this bloke is a real rhino. And that's not even the worst of it. This little bugger voted for taxpayer-funded abortions and even voted against securing our border with a wall. Well, that's enough of that. How about that? I had a flashback to my childhood and some of the Steve Irwin great stuff. That primary term challenger responsible for that advertisement is joining us right now. She's Julie Clark, and she's running for the Republican nomination in the 23rd Congressional District of the great state of Texas. She joins us right now. Uh, wow, what an ad. Uh, I, I'm going to remember that for a long time. Where did you come up with the inspiration for that? Well, you know, I think it just comes natural with what we've experienced over the last two years. I mean, I have a title now. I'm the Texas Rhino Hunter. And um, not only are Texans, but Americans are tired of people not representing us and our values. And we're ready to get rid of them and put new people and new blood in that's going to actually support this country and support the people um, in the state of Texas and across the country. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I, I can't wait. We, I think we're excited for the 2024 elections. Absolutely. With an ad like that, who wouldn't Julie. be? Yeah. I know. Absolutely. And Julie, there unfortunately are a number of districts across America with this exact same situation. They have a Republican representing them in Congress, but they don't feel like they reflect the values of that district. Was, was there one impetus or was there one final straw as far as Tony Gonzalez and his voting background and who and what he supports in Congress that made you say, I got to do it? Well, yes, and that's a great question. And what we want to make sure that everybody knows across the country is that even though you don't live in District 23, this seat affects every American. And I think the straw that um, that broke for Tony Gonzalez is that he was censored by the Republican Party of Texas. And he continually on a pattern has voted um with the Democrats. He has not stood up for the voice of the people that elected him. He does not represent the values of the conservative people across the country. And um, because of that, um, not only did the Republican Party of Texas censored him, but 16 counties in his district also supported that censor. So that really tells you where we stand with his representation and that we're ready for someone new that's going to stand up and fight and fight for what we stand for. And that's why I'm in this race, because I'm ready to fight for the American people. Your race is a microcosm, I think, of a much larger battle going on in Texas among Republicans. That's going to play out in a very dramatic trial this fall, uh, the trial, impeachment trial of Attorney General Ken Paxton. Tell us how that's playing out, how your constituents are viewing it, and what is what the forces are between the two sides of the Republican Party at war in that trial. 
Well, yes. And, you know, this is very sad with what we're dealing here because um, Ken Paxton is the best. I can surely say that he is the best attorney general in this country. And um, he does not deserve to be going through what he's going to. But it's the same thing. Everybody's attacking. We've got the DOJ that's corrupt. We've got the FBI. Um, we have elected officials that aren't standing up to protect the people. And it's the same here in the state of Texas with our state legislation. And um, Texans are tired of it. We are getting ready to make a stand against what they're trying to do with Ken Paxton. Um, there are a number of um, additional censures that will be coming down the pipe for some elected officials here in the state of Texas. And the voters know what's going on. They're, they're not blind anymore. And uh, we will we will show them who has control of our elected officials in 2024, because we will be removing and voting these people out of office. Wow. Julie, yeah. for a long time, Democrats have asserted the notion that Texas truly is purple or blue. Is that just wishful thinking or or is that a, con a real concern? Well, it is a concern and um, it's something that we continue to educate. We need people to show up to vote. Every vote matters and every vote counts. And we need everyone to show up in the election to cast your vote so we can uh, save our conservative values. And um, I think that that's what our message is. I mean, we've been fighting on the forefront um, to keep our state. Uh, we have politicians who are bought and paid for that um, vote in reference to the lobbyist or what they're being paid to represent instead of what the people stand for. And again, the Texans and the American people know what's going on. They know what's going on with the elected officials that aren't representing them. They know what's going on with this administration and what they have continued to do to not only Ken Paxton, but to President Donald Trump as well. And um, we're, we're going to we're going to get behind these people and we're going to support them and we're going to help make this change and take our country back. I want to ask a little bit about illegal immigration. Obviously, it affects every state, mm -hmm. but it doesn't affect every state like it affects Texas. Texas is yes. ground zero for it. How are the citizens of Texas dealing with it? And what is the ask of their leaders going into 2024 election? Well, for those of you that don't know, District 23 has the largest border territory of yeah. any district. It's got 823 miles. And we really need to have someone that's going to stand up and enforce our immigration laws. Uh, they worked completely fine under Donald Trump. And we need to go back to those U.S. immigration laws. We need to support our Border Patrol. We need to continue to bo uh, build a wall. Um, and those are some of the things that Tony Gonzalez was censored on. He was censored because he did not support legislation for building a wall. Um, he voted for more processing centers. He um, continues to support trying to get um, amnesty and our illegal aliens um, you know, able to vote and jobs. And we support e-verifying um, their employment yeah. uh, just to make sure that they are citizens. All right, folks, one more to go. Scott James running in one of the most competitive seats in Colorado. Everybody's eyes are on that seat. That interview right after these messages. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, America. We have two big scandals on a collision course. We've got the indictment against former President Trump, who's going to be running in 2024, is running in 2024. And of course, a burgeoning corruption scandal surrounding the current president, Joe Biden. And a lot of us have the question, how is this going to affect down ballot races in 2024, such as those people running for Congress, right, in targeted key races? Well, we thought we'd bring one of those candidates on to answer the question from the front lines. What are voters saying? Joining us right now, Scott James. He serves as well, uh, Colorado's county administrator and is now running for Colorado's 8th Congressional District. What are the districts that are really going to be in play next year? Both parties have this district on their target list. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Amanda, it's my pleasure. Pleasure to speak with your listeners and viewers. Yeah, it's a great honor to have you on. So you've got Joe Biden playing out here, a bigger scandal. People are starting to learn, well, we got lied to in 2020 about some of this stuff. And then these indictments piling up on Donald Trump. I think Lou Dobbs added up like 600 years in prison if he's convicted on all these things. How is this playing in real America in Colorado? The frustration and the exhaustion is off the charts. Real America, real Colorado, so to speak, is sick and tired of being lied to. Now, we may not get down into the weeds on exactly what's in the indictments and and what is uh, contained in the legal documents. But I think we know uh, something in in Weld County we understand is the sniff test. Does it smell? If it does, it's probably stinky. There's something going on. It's not reflective of the small town values that exist out in in most of, of the nation. It's simply and certainly not being reflected in the uh, 8th Congressional District as far as what the people of the 8th want to see represented in Washington, D.C. They're not seeing that. They're sick and tired of, to play on your show's name, the noise. (laughs) Right on. A lot of that out there. Absolutely. I want to ask you about the 8th Congressional District because in looking it up, I found that it's not R plus 1, D plus 1. It's not R or D plus anything. It is dead even. The Democrat who currently holds that seat won by, I think, less than seven tenths of a point. Um, that is very, very winnable. Talk to us about some of your 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 biggest tactics for winning it. 1,632 votes is all that separated uh, a Republican from uh, that seat in 2022. The tactic, so to speak, just to have a more honest conversation with the people of the 8th Congressional District, and I think their frustration has grown even since November when that contest uh, was decided. We will certainly get out and we will have that open and honest conversation with the uh, people of, uh, of the 8th Congressional District. By profession, I am a, a radio broadcaster. And uh, John or anybody else, Amanda, if, if you've done any sort of media, you have a boss. You have a program director in a radio uh, sense that says, go out and learn who your listener is and then picture them in your mind's eye when you, when you have a conversation with them. I get that picture by going about 640 in the morning to a given convenience store. 
you'll go there and you'll see a guy in a white diesel pickup getting his monster and his breakfast burrito and going to work in the in the oil fields. You'll see that by the teacher who put 20 bucks worth of gas in his car and it just is not going to take this far. By the mom that's picking up the loaf of bread that she forgot and is gassed by the price. You'll see it in the truck driver who's getting a, a cup of coffee. Those are the people that exist in the 8th Congressional District. We're going to have a conversation with them about common sense values, about pragmatism that gets things done in Washington, D.C. They know darn good and well that their voice isn't being heard. My tactic, my strategy, so to speak, is simply to use the voice that I've been given to make their voice heard in Washington, D.C. That's a welcome and refreshing conversation because it isn't happening in Washington very often right now. And it's so important that we get back to kitchen table issues and the things that matter. I want to ask about something that was came out of left field today. The markets are reacting bad to it. Uh, Bidenomics, which Joe Biden's going around the country trying to sell people. People aren't very fond of it. But today, because of all of the debt spending, 113 percent uh, federal spending of uh, uh, debt against uh, GDP, uh, Fitch downgraded America's uh, credit rating. Uh, a really shocking moment. The, the, a lot of people in Washington shocked by it, but it's not a shocking outcome. This warning sign has been there for years and people have been blinking cut spending and we just keep adding to it. Are, is something like this a wake-up call for everyday Americans who may not be paying attention to all the Washington silliness that goes on? Gas hovers right at four bucks a gallon here in uh, northern Colorado, John. That's uh, four bucks is a lot of money to the common folks. Sure We've seen the price of eggs, meat, gasoline go up, uh, while most of our, our incomes have remained fixed. It only stands to reason that my guess is I got 37, 38 bucks in my wallet. And that's if my wife didn't steal it from me this morning. <laughs> I, I've got 37 or 38 bucks there right now. And and if you print out more in Washington, D.C., than the 37 or 38 bucks that I have in my wallet are going to be worth less yeah. and I'm or more completely worthless. And I'm going to need to spend more of those dollars to obtain the same goods and services that it takes to, to fuel my family. Uh, that pinch is most definitively being felt in, in the 8th Congressional District of Colorado. We have to fix it. Uh, great, yeah. great point. Scott, you, you already have name recognition built into your campaign being on the radio. And I wanted to ask you, you know, there, there's, there has always been something so magical about talk radio, especially on the conservative side, because just the personalities of people on air have such abilities like you do to draw on the cultural side of things uh, as well as the political side of things. So I wanted to ask you about this whole Jason Aldean controversy <laughs> and his song about trying it in a small town because a a lot of people, I think they hear the lyrics of that song and they don't see anything about racism whatsoever. They see, you know, small town atmospheres, places that they live or maybe want to live as opposed to big cities where crime runs rampant. And these these lyrics resonate with people. And I imagine they do with your constituents as well. Amanda, I'm not even a, I'm not smart enough to be a political talk show host. I am a good old fashioned country music morning disc jockey. Yeah. So Jason Aldean right up my wheelhouse as to the people who, as are the people who, who, who like Jason and develop a relationship with the artist and, and the song. I grew up yeah. in the small town of LaSalle, Colorado, population 12, 1250. I uh, sit in Johnstown, Colorado, decidedly bigger, about 18,000 people. I'm honored to be mayor of this municipality. But bottom line is it's a small town sensibility that fuels and feeds the 8th Congressional District. What happened with that Jason Aldean song is you had corporate attorneys. CMT is owned by MTV. So you have attorneys that sit in New York City and they will make decisions on how they minimize corporate risk. 
Well, when you minimize corporate risk, what you do is you take away a piece of music that appeals to an audience. Country music is especially different in the fact that the, that the country music listener, they relate that song to their lifestyle. It's more than just music by which they entertain themselves. It's a lifestyle that they live and that represents who they are. When a corporate attorney in New York City takes away a part of who they are and says, oh, no, this is too offensive. They say, wait a minute, that's my life. So are you saying I'm offensive too? All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. So grateful you can join today. So grateful you can be part of the conversation. Go check out that story on the text messages and the China CEFC deal with the Biden family. Go check out Julie Clark's great ad. Go check out all the candidates, John O'Shea and Scott James as well, all of them, uh, the sort of candidates that are bellwethers for the 2024 election. And of course, go to fourpatriots.com. Support our newest partner at Just the News, John Solomon Reports. And when you go there today, for the number four patriots.com use the promo code solomon you're going to get 10 percent off your first order that is a really great deal go do it today all right that wraps up the friday edition of john solomon reports grateful you can join we'll be back tomorrow with another edition the saturday edition we've got some great guests you're not going to want to miss them we'll be back tomorrow god bless good night At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.